AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. Corn, soybeans, bean, meal, oil, and even cotton were higher today, while wheat futures finished with modest losses. The cattle complex was mostly lower, and hogs erased early losses to close higher. With today's guests, we're managing risk and watching out for the black swans. Live from the shadow of the wings of black swans via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This afternoon, we'll talk with Brian Basting from Advanced Trading. I'm Handsome Newsman Davis Michelson. Now, here's the host of AgriTalk, Jeff Laurie. All right, Davis. Thank you very much. Happy Tuesday to you, buddy. Yeah, what's shaking, homie? How's everything? Hey, it is just kind of a cool cloudy day mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. we recorded yeah about nine tenths of an inch of rain yesterday afternoon it was oh, it's so welcome yeah uh-huh absolutely so welcome hopefully it does something for the river levels and and but i got a feeling a lot of this went mm. straight in the ground and and uh, didn't hit the tile lines didn't hit the creeks and if they don't hit mm-hmm. the creeks uh then uh it's not going to hit the river either. So we've still got a lot of issues no. that we are dealing with there. I want to talk with Brian Basting about that today. And what what he thinks uh, might be the impact on the cash market as as a result of some of the slowdown in the uh, in the movement of corn, soybeans down the river. It's uh, it's an issue that has, that we've been talking about for quite some time. But it is an issue that has been developing with a different storyline from time to time. I mean, the initial hit on basis that we saw, it happened so quick Mm -hmm. and it went so deep that a lot of people miss the fact that the river terminal basis recovered at least for a short period of time. Now, it didn't recover at all locations, but there are many locations that are bidding for grain along the river because... They've got some storage, and when grain wasn't moving at all, they're they're not getting that storage filled up for later. So, a lot lot of movement and, and uh, a lot of effort is is being put into figuring out exactly what it means for us in in our marketing. Uh, and then black swans, it's one of the things yes. that Brian talks about on a regular basis when when he comes on the show. And you know, at at first I thought, well. Okay, yeah, we do need to talk about what what Brian, uh, but and and how he wants to manage risk around those potential black swans. And then you look at where prices mm-hmm. are, and you think to yourself, "Yes, absolutely, mm-hmm. we need to talk mm-hmm. about how to manage the the risk of a black swan." So we're going to spend some time doing that today, buddy. Well, that's good. That's good. You All know, right. a a dog bird makes a sound like this. But a black swan makes no sound. That's why we need Brian. Uh, I I'm not sure if that's true or not. No, I think a black you swan think they do does make, make some noise. I think they do. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I we'll have to look that in up. today's news. 
Yes. December SRW weed futures opened slightly <laughs> higher, tried to rally, then fell to the bottom of the longer term wide sideways trading range. That's near 825. Chart watchers warn a fall through that support would open downside price risk to the 750 level. Winter wheat seedings were 79% complete as of Sunday. That's up 10 points from the previous week and one point ahead of the five-year average pace. Traders continue to monitor negotiations to keep Ukrainian grain on the market. Headlines from those talks held back wheat prices, even with the U.S. dollar index sharply lower. December hard red winter wheat futures, three and one-half cents lower, 934 and one-half. December soft red wheat down four cents, 834 and three quarters. December spring wheat closed at 952 and one quarter. That's down five and one half cents, Chip. Headlines still matter to this wheat market. I don't think there's any question about that. But doggone it, one of the headlines today was a sharp decline in the U.S. dollar index. And the simple Mm -hmm. fact that the market could not respond to that is telling us something. And, um, I'm afraid what it's telling us is that the path of least resistance, at least for right now, in this wheat market is to mm-hmm. the downside. Well, corn harvest progress reached 61% as of Sunday, up 16 points from the previous week and nine points ahead of the five-year average. Traders continue to watch the value of the U.S. dollar, but most view corn export demand as an anchor on corn prices for the near term. Dry conditions in Argentina and uncertainty of Ukrainian corn availability to the export market limited selling interest. December corn got back all of yesterday's losses and posted a high-range close to build some upside momentum. December corn futures were four and three-quarter cents higher, 688 and one quarter. March up four and one-half cents, 692 and a quarter. July corn futures closed at 685 and three-quarters, up four and one-quarter cents, Chip. Bounce back market, turnaround Tuesday, whatever you want to call it, that uh, we were under some pressure yesterday. And even with all that harvest progress, <laughs> you would think that that uh, the simple hedge requirements in this marketplace would put a cap on prices. But here we are, back towards the middle of the sideways trading range. November soybean futures posted a low-range open and a high-range close and clawed back a chunk of yesterday's losses. USDA says 80% of the bean crop was harvested as of Sunday. That's up 17 points from the previous week and well ahead of the five-year average. Soybean prices remain in a sideways trading range even as the U.S. harvest progressed rapidly and as the South American bean crop got off to a strong start. November beans a dime higher, 1382. Jan beans up 11 cents, 1392 and one quarter. July soybeans closed at 1412 and three quarters up 12. And one half cents, a resilient performance from the bean market today, Chip. Absolutely, it was. And and the ability to recover from yesterday's close under 1375, I think that was the mm-hmm. level I was looking at. Yeah, 1375 in the November contract. The ability to bounce back close above it and post a high range close, <laughs> that does feel like that market is picking up some upside momentum. Now, resistance isn't that far away. We're looking at resistance at the October 12 high of 1414. So a little bit of room to run, but not a whole lot. Well, cotton futures got back more than two-thirds of yesterday's sharp price losses as traders covered short positions. December cotton was 234 points higher today, 7847. 
On your livestock side, December fat cattle futures opened slightly lower, rallied to post a new contract high, then saw long liquidation and a downside correction, which forced a near session low close. December fat cattle 82 and one half cents lower, 153.30. April live cattle 17 and one half lower, 159.25. November feeders 122 and one half lower, 177.92. Dude, the cattle were all over the place today. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But here we are. Another contract high in that Dees contract. It's not just the front month, October, that's doing it. We've got the Dees in play, too. Well, December lean hog futures rejected an effort to take prices below support at 87.50 and recovered to restart the rally. Resistance in December hogs stands at Friday's high of 89.80. December hogs 52 and one half higher, 88.45. And April hogs up a nickel. 93.95. 93.95. Still some fight left in the hogs, too, Chip. Absolutely, there is. Open slightly higher, as you said, but then broke support at yesterday's low, then rallied back through resistance at yesterday's highs. Both the open and the close were inside of yesterday's price range, so it was just an outside day on the chart, no reversal to report there. Looking at resistance in the Dees hogs at... 8980 there. Am I overstating right. it? Am I overstating it? <laughs> no, I don't think you're overstating it. It's a heck of a rally in the hogs. <laughs> we got Brian Bassings next. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Do you suffer from talking on the radio phobia? No problem. Send us a tweet at hashtag Agritalk. Eight double five four eight two double five two four Agritalk now, Mama. Or you can tweet at us. Yeah. Hashtag Agritalk. You can do that. Yeah, absolutely. You can send us an email too. Host at agritalk.com. Welcome back. I'm Chip. That's Davis. And today's guest analyst is Brian Basting Advanced Trading. Brian, it's good to talk with you again. How are you? Hey, Chip. It's always great to talk to you. I'm fine, thanks. How about yourself? Good. Doing just fine. Just fine. Things would be going better if my Cyclones could score a few more points (laughs) and win a few more games. But, hey, you know, life is what it is, I guess. So off we well, go. Well, I'm getting a once-in-40-year opportunity to cheer on the Illini here. So I guess yeah. we'll have to see how long that lasts. So, uh, yeah, But enjoy exactly. it while it lasts. That's exactly right. That's why I brought it up. I mean, that, the old <laughs> Illini is looking pretty doggone good. Who do you got this hey, weekend, do you know? Oh, uh, they're playing out at the uh, – 
the Lincoln, uh, Nebraska Cornhuskers, uh, Nebraska Cornhuskers on Saturday afternoon. So tough game. Well, yeah, tough game, but hopefully, you know, one that she, you know, uh, the Iowa fans, if you are wondering about this weekend's game uh, against Northwestern, you should maybe check out the article in Golf Digest. I know, I know, Golf Digest talking about college football, and I'm not going to repeat anything that was said. <laughs> But you should at least check it out. It's it's uh, it, it's very interesting. I had to get that in there, Brian. As long as we were talking a little bit of football, okay. No, no. Every it's now fun to talk and then, football. you bet. Every now and then, Brian, you you just have to stand back and kind of reevaluate where we are in these markets and the charts that you sent in advance of the conversation. No, we're not going to try to describe them to you, but talk to me about the bottom line that that you are that you are putting on these charts because it puts it, it kind of frames the whole conversation that we're going to be having i don't want to overgeneralize chip because i know a lot of your listeners particularly west of the mississippi river uh, had less yield than they hoped for this year with the drought in a lot of cases but having said that if we're looking at strictly price by bushels and we're looking at price uh component we're looking at december futures here at 685 a bushel plus or minus chip that is two dollars and 75 cents above the five-year average for this time of year and the only other year in history that the price has been higher than that was 2012. of course we all know what happened with 2012 with the drought looking at beans chip we're looking at uh, 1380 a bushel that is three dollars and 70 cents above the five-year average and that is only second again to 2012 so uh, historically, prices are never this high at harvest, with the exception yeah. of the drought in 2012. Right. So I don't want to uh, overlook, again, one reason why the prices are this high is because we did have subpar yield in part of the Western Corn Belt. So I don't want to overlook yeah. that. But having having acknowledged that, we're looking at the highest prices at harvest with good crops, or in some cases, excellent crops for your listeners that's ever been seen. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. So let's talk about other reasons for this uh, because as you said some of the uh corn belt didn't see the best yields in the world and the bottom line on the balance sheets remains relatively tight doesn't it or you hit the nail on the head chip you can go back for really stretch it back to two years and nearly uh, you folks did a great job uh, earlier discussing black swan events nearly every black swan event worldwide has worked in the favor of the u.s producer um whether it be a drought in brazil whether it be a a uh, chinese explosion in buying whether it be uh, this or that um so uh, I guess what we look at today is what are we going to do on October 25th, 2022? We're going to look at markets for one reason or another, market-wise, a combination of world factors have brought us to these, these points. What we don't know is what the market's going to be doing uh, tonight when it reopens at 7 o'clock Central Time, much less a month from now or six months from now. So I just want to remind your listeners here. I don't want to be characterized as, as the boy who cried wolf always, but we got to be <laughs> careful because anything anything can happen. As you you and I have our careers nearly parallel, Chip. We've been around the yep. block, and your listeners have things happen. And you know, if something happens with China or something happens within the Black Sea, or you just what, what the old saying is has never been more true in marketing than it is today. A bird in the hand's worth two in the bush. Yep. So let's look at what we know today. And what we know today is December corns near 690 a bushel, November beans at 1380. We've got the crop 
in the bin or close to being in the bin, mm-hmm. what are we going to do to get control of those bushels and protect those bushels? Okay. Now, the the black swan is is something to be thinking about. In, and to me, the big reason to be thinking about it is because of what you presented right there. We've got December corn futures, this year's December corn futures, $2.75 above the five-year average. Beans, $3.70 above that five-year average. If if there was ever a time to just say, listen, um, I'm, I'm – I'm not sure which direction prices are going next, and we've got to protect. What I'm saying is there's a lot at risk to a black swan event in this marketplace right now, isn't there, Brian? You might as, you've got to find a way to protect it. Boy, if you ever get tired of being on the radio, Chip, we'd like to hire you because you did a terrific <laughs> job of summarizing that in two sentences. I couldn't have said it any better. All we know today, Chip, is, is we've got the crop now in the bin, um yep. or close to and and okay. um we know what the price is let's protect that a lot of different ways we can do that uh let's okay, put let's a floor underneath this market things. here let's put a floor underneath this market chip let's look at options in my opinion a good way to do that would be to buy sell your cash across the scale assuming your basis is fairly reasonable sell your corn across the scale sell your beans across the scale buy a call option buy a january call option for for beans, take a look at that southern hemisphere weather all the way through the through Christmas or go out to March and take it all the way into mid-February. Buy a March call in the case of corn. Take a look at that southern hemisphere weather. Take a look at China. Take a look at the Black Sea. It'll give you time to see what if the, if the export corridor agreement is renewed. Bottom line, you've put a floor underneath those bushels. That's the worst you can do. And it's going to cost you a little bit to buy a call option chip, but that's a fixed amount. And then important part is if the market were to move higher, manage that position. But regardless, you have pushed the floor underneath those bushels and you've got to control those on those bushels. The other side of the coin chip is if your listeners are facing a wide basis would be to buy a put option, put the crop okay. in storage on farm or in, in, in town and buy a put option, put a floor underneath that that market, lock in those, those dollars, if you will, leave the upside open. Okay. Um, boy, you want to talk about near and dear to my heart. You started with your basis analysis and, and your basis situation before deciding which strategy to use. And that is exactly what needs to be done in this situation. Good basis. Go ahead and sell the cash and buy a call. If basis stinks, put a floor under it with a put option and, and leave basis open. Now, what, what you can't forget with that second strategy, the just buying the put option is that if the market does continue to go up, and, well, I shouldn't say if the market does continue to go up, because it doesn't matter which direction the market goes, you still need to make the final terminal decision on that crop and and decide when to sell the cash. Correct. Again, there's a point in time where that, that option will expire, Chip. And if you said if the basis, we get a post-harvest uh, boomerang bounce, if you will, on this mm-hmm. basis, that could come as early as December 1. And you cash out, uh, and, and at that point, you liquidate your put, probably take a, maybe take a small loss. But at that mm-hmm. point, Chip, then you've taken advantage of the post-harvest rebound, uh, basis rebound, I should say. And again, I'm not predicting it, but if it's a possibility. And then you could turn around at that point and buy a call to protect yourself against right. the um, anything in South America around the world. But but you hit the nail on the head. I think be a student of the market, and that is be look at your basis. If your basis is weak for a combination of factors, it's okay to put it in storage. Um, but get some protection, get some downside protection in place if you do yeah. that. You want to take a small loss on that put if you're using that strategy, <laughs> Brian. 
Well, you he know. did a terrific job again, Chip. What we like to say is is that put option is the second most bullish strategy you can have in the market. Only <laughs> second to just putting them in, doing nothing. But right. uh, if you, it, it is a bullish strategy because um, you're basically saying that I'm going to put a flow underneath the market, but leave that upside open. Yeah. And if you're if all you are doing is buying a put option to put a floor under the market, when we've got you know I'll say it again nearly six ninety D's corn and thirteen eighty November beans. If all you're doing is buying the put, you are bullish. And you know I uh, had a guest last week say the the bears in the market are surprised that the that. Corn has been able to hold up here as well as it has. I guess that defines me as a bear now because I am surprised that the market has been holding up as well as it it has. And I'm if basis stinks, I'm all for that put option, man. I'm all for it. Yep. Yeah, you summarized that well, Chip. I think that that this again, as you folks highlighted earlier, over sixty percent of the harvest now is in the bin on corn, eighty percent now on beans, we actually have, have a situation that we couldn't have anticipated 45 days ago where we've got the crop uh, in the bin, as it were, and yet we still got prices where they were, about where they were at least you know 30 days ago. Uh, you know, it's just been right. a sideways pattern. Right. Okay. When we come back, let's talk some strategies on new crop, all right? We're going to do that next. We've got Brian Basting from Advanced Trading. The other thing uh, that I want to do is is hear what you are learning from your South American friends, Brian, as far as corn and soybean production goes. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Time now for news of note from Pro Farmer. China's economic growth is hitting an early speed bump in the fourth quarter. The Chinese yuan has lost more than 13% against the dollar so far this year and looks set for its biggest annual drop since 1994. Ukraine's exports of agricultural products could rise 8.7% from last month. Ukraine maintained its forecast for winter wheat seedings at 3.8 million hectares despite planting delays due to unfavorable weather. A labor deal at U.S. West Coast ports may take several months to reach, but service disruptions, while negotiations continue, are not expected. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen is dousing expectations that the agency will provide relief to foreign automakers lobbying against limits on an electric vehicle tax credit. And cash cattle sources report show list numbers are down sharply this week as market-ready fed cattle supplies continue to tighten profarmer.com. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. Knowledge is power. 
We're here to charge your batteries. Agritalk. Welcome back. I'm Chip. Glad that you are with us this afternoon. We're in the middle of conversation with today's guest analyst, Brian Bassing from Advanced Trading. Before we get back to Brian Davis, go ahead and recap where the market's yes. closed. Chip December hard red winter wheat futures three and one half cents lower nine thirty four and one half December soft red wheat down four cents eight thirty four and three quarters December corn futures were four and three quarter cents higher six eighty six and one quarter July corn futures closed at six eighty five and three quarters up four and one quarter cents today November beans one dime higher thirteen eighty two July soybeans closed at fourteen twelve and three quarters up twelve and a half cents. December cotton, 234 points higher, 78.47. On the livestock side, December cattle, 82 and one half cents lower, 153.30. November feeders, 122 and one half lower, 177.92 and one half. And December hogs, 52 and one half cents higher, 88.45. That's your quick market recap. <laughs> now back to you. Thank you very much, Davis. We're, we are talking with Brian Basting, Advanced Trading. Brian, uh, before we get to 2023 crop strategies, what are you picking up from South America? Are they off to as good a start as what it feels like in in Brazil? It's it's overall a good start in Brazil, Chip. Yes, uh, rapid soybean planting pace in Mato Grosso, the number one state there in the north. Um, there's been a little bit too much rain in parts of the south. Uh, some of those states actually go far south uh, or all the way down to here, Grande do Sul. It's actually then too dry. A little bit of a more of a mixed bag in the south. Bean crop off to a good start, though. Um, Argentina, not so much. Uh, Argentina has had more of a complicated start. It's been dry, uh, quite dry there. I don't think they're getting good rain today, but the question is, are they going to get all their early corn planted? They usually take the month of November off from planting corn, switch to planting beans. If they don't get all this early corn planted here in October because it's been dry, some of those acres chip are probably going to go into beans in Argentina. But um, that's the concern right now from their standpoint is the dryness. They are getting some good rains, forecast to get some good rains today and tomorrow in, yeah, uh, in the key, key areas of, of Argentina, however. Yeah. Uh, the, the weather worries that are out there, I, they've got to be tied to La Nina, third consecutive La Nina year. The expectation, though, is that La Nina will start to break down. Is, isn't that right? Yeah, I've heard a different, a different um, uh, opinions on okay. that, Chip. But uh, basically, that's the one that I've heard, too, is that it doesn't have quite the characteristics of it over what it did a year or so ago. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, on the demand front, Brian, any uh, opportunities that we need to watch for or what are the risks on the demand side? Great question, Chip. Some serious yellow flags uh, and the demand front for exports for corn. Um, we are off to a very, very slow start here, both sales and shipment wise. Uh, looking at tremendous competition, for example, from Brazil. Brazil is much cheaper. Even if China were to come back into the market chip for corn, uh, quick and dirty number is that Brazil uh, landed in China is about 40 to $60 per ton cheaper than the U.S. into the early 23. So we are not competitive at the moment. So the, the bottom line on that chip is that it, 
there is some risk to the downside in that USDA forecast for annual exports of U.S. corn at this point. Um, for beans, it's, it's still probably too early to say a lot there. Just a, not quite as strong a yellow flag as the Chinese crushing level. Maybe won't hasn't matched the USDA forecast so far. But uh, we did see a tremendous volume of beans exported this past week uh, based on Monday, yesterday's export shipment report. So the demand is still there. Uh, so but the, of the two, I'd say the biggest yellow flag is on corn exports. It's got me concerned that we're sending as many beans out of the PNW as we are because that should be a corn and wheat uh, origin or shipping schedule out of the PNW. And here we are sending I think more beans than we ever have to the PNW at this time of the year. I think you're right. Yeah. Tremendous volume shown yesterday in the report. This is a unique year, Chip. There's no doubt about it to see that type of volume going to China and the, the corn program being so anemic. There is no demand, virtually no demand from the far East region. I think it's a multi decade low in terms of unshipped sales of us corn to Asia when you're looking at um, the Far East, including Japan, Taiwan, South Korea, China, all those folks have removed themselves from the market, but we are still shipping beans. So it is a very unique situation here in 2022. Barge costs on the river have got to have something to do with that, right? Uh, that's 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 out of my pay grade probably at this point, Chip, as far as it's a dynamic situation. I know that the folks around here are sinking their teeth into it. We've not seen these river levels this low probably since 88, you have to go back that far, but tremendous volatility in that freight cost, as you said, for barges right now. It's uh, unheard of, some of the numbers being thrown about, but it's definitely having an impact on basis levels and those types of things. But um, what I what I caution a little bit on that chip for your listeners is uh, try to try to limit getting too far into the weeds, if you will, on that and focus on on your operation and getting these bushels protected. Again, I sound like a broken record, but I think those are all well, fascinating things to look at, and they do affect the markets, but I just yep. keep the big picture in, in, in place. Well, what you're saying is control what you can control and, 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 and pay attention to what you can't, but don't let, it, uh, don't let it dominate what you're doing on your risk management side. 2023 yeah, terrific, crop. Terrific. Yeah, 2023 crop, Brian. Um, I've talked to many producers that are at least interested in getting started, but they don't want to get too aggressive with their marketing until they know what their input costs are. Uh, how do you balance what is a pretty decent marketing opportunity or a pretty decent price? I, I don't know how good of an opportunity it is. A pretty decent price for the DS 23, Nov 23 markets against the uncertainty of the input costs. It's a, it's a great question, Chip. What I do is share just a couple of thoughts there. Um, yep. The first thought is, is that um, when you decide to make your commitment to those 23 crops, i.e. I'm going to plant 50-50, for example, rotation, yep. and you make that commitment to purchase those inputs, purchase that seed, purchase that fertilizer, all those things, I would strongly, in my opinion, simultaneously you've locked one leg down of the profit equation, if you will, with that input price that you've purchased. Mm -hmm. You've simultaneously put that other leg down because the moment that you put that input cost, um, seed cost leg down, 
you are vulnerable to lower prices the moment that happens because you've already locked one leg down of that profit equation. So just a simultaneous thought. Um, you could argue the same side on the price side. If you're going to start locking down the price side, it is time to lock down the input side because it's it, the same principle applies. Your, your BM on the input price are going to go lower once you put the price down. But just it's a straightforward meat and potatoes approach, if you will, Chip, but simultaneous. Once you make that decision and have wrote, wrote that check or however you want to do it, point being is get that price locked down. But the other thought I'd share, Chip, is that the last thing we want to do here on, on October 25th of 2022, when we've, we barely got the 22 crop in the bin, is paint ourselves into a corner, Chip, for 23. By that, I right. mean, we don't want to, we don't want to, you know, go out there and sell 200 bushels for 23 and, and just say, I'm done. You know, so much can change. And needless to say, we're four months out, Chip, from setting the price, the, the base prop insurance price for 23. Yeah. So, you know, give yourself some some time, flexibility. Flexibility is a key word. Don't avoid painting yourself into a corner. But there's nothing wrong with going out there and, and looking at, at some early pricing of 23. Maybe a forward sale out there. I think cash beans, a lot of places, Chip, are over $13 bushel for next fall. Mm-hmm. And you're looking at cash corn, five seventy-five a bushel in a lot of places. And maybe you could tack onto a call option on top of that uh, for a small sale, uh, in my opinion. Uh, there are other ways you can do it with options. But the point being, Chip, is that now, between now and February 28th, when we lock in that base crop insurance for price, right. For 23, a lot can happen. And uh, yeah. all we know today is Dees corn for 23 is trading at 625. Nove beans for 23 are trading at 1355. Let's take a close look at that and say, what can we do? And um, again, run avoid down, painting ourselves into a corner. Run, run down the comparison like you did on the old crop, the 22 crop. Historically speaking, how good is that six and a quarter in the 1355, 1360? I think there's only been one year. I don't have the chart, right? I do have the chart in front of me here. Um, where we've seen here as we approach November 1st, prices being that high. Um, actually, it's neck and neck wow. with, with December of 13 corn futures. We're about at 625 this time of year. And if I look at the November soybean futures briefly here, Chip, again, you have to go back to that 2013, the year after the drought. We were actually around this level of 13. Actually, it might have been a bit lower. So it might be the highest level ever for for late October uh, for these <laughs> deferred new crop prices. So outstanding prices at the moment. And again, I'm not I'm not avoiding the, the input side for your listeners. I, I acknowledge right. the input prices are up there too, but we can't control those input costs. We can control yeah, we're what we're doing. Ta- yeah. Yeah, just talking about price here. We're not talking about revenue and, and net revenue in particular. You bet. So, but but uh, uh, to see the kind of opportunities that these prices offer, it 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 just seems to me that doing nothing probably shouldn't be your choice. We should probably be doing something to to lock in those prices. Um, it, but but as you said, you want to maintain flexibility on your twenty two crop, and you've got to maintain flexibility on the 23 crop marketings brian it's always a fun conversation with you man thank you so much for making time i always have a lot of fun visiting with you chip appreciate the opportunity all right buddy we'll talk to you later that is brian basting from advanced trading davis and i will be right back to wrap things up 
From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. AgriTalk is brought to you by the Conservation at Work video series. Farmer to Farmer, the Conservation at Work video series features real stories, real successes, real quick. See what's possible at farmers.gov slash conservation. Welcome back to AgriTalk, everybody. Davis Michelson here. Chip Flora joins me. Yes. Can you hear that? Is yeah. that coming through? Um, I, well, I hope you're playing is that, Loons. Uh, is that what that was? Yeah, if I'm just hearing that in my head, I'm going to be a little yeah. concerned. The internet says that's the sound the black swans make. Oh, yeah, no. So, so there you no, go. No, that's a loon. Huh? No? That's a loon. It's the loons, mm. Norman. <laughs> the loons. <laughs> It's on Golden Pond moment on AgriTalk. <laughs> that was definitely a loon. Sorry. Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah, I'm positive. That's a loon. Okay. Okay. Uh, Are we sure uh, there's a, a difference swan? between loons and black swans? Because I've seen the like the regular <laughs> swans. Have you ever even seen a white swan? I mean, or a black swan? I mean, maybe that's what people sure. were seeing, and they're like, "Well, that's a yeah. black swan." In captivity, I've seen mm-hmm. black swan. Yes, uh, in mm-hmm. the wild, I don't think I've ever seen one. Okay, okay, I don't think so. I All watch right. for them. I watch for them. Oh, you, you know. do? Sure. Okay. Sure. Absolutely. When you see a flock of of swans, of course, I'm looking for that one black dot that's out in the corner. The one guy or something. Yeah, the yeah. one guy. Yeah. Uh huh. Sure. Yep. I'm looking for that. Brian Basting, advanced mm-hmm. trading. Uh, gotta be careful. Bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Mm-hmm. Um, yellow flag on demand for corn. And sometimes Definitely. when I hear something like that, I feel like the demand base is sort of building. And maybe if we're if we're not gathering a whole bunch of attention, not making a whole bunch of export sales for a period of time, suddenly the pendulum swings back the other way. Right. Uh, Importers look at their balance sheets. Oh my gosh, we're almost out of corn. We're all going to get fired, Larry. Right? Get some U.S. corn in, Larry. But- you had one job. One, one job. job, Larry. Larry, to make sure that we don't run out of corn. The boss wants to see you after work, Larry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but it sounds like bring an empty um, box back to your desk with you. <laughs> 
it sounds like uh, maybe that demand has been diverted elsewhere, or at least uh, this, this, the South American supplies the are maybe has been taking trying the place to do that. of some of that. Yeah. yeah, the market has been trying to do that, has been trying to send importers to South America. The, some of the importers have been have seen a shipment, a small shipment or two of Ukrainian corn. But most of the demand for corn right now is going to South America, and it's not a huge amount of buying that is happening. So you're right uh, when you said, come on, Larry, uh, because many of the importing countries are behind on their coverage. They're waiting mm-hmm. for a break. Where's yeah. the harvest break in corn is what all of them are, are, are wondering and without that seasonal break in corn and barely a blip in basis, even with, you know, for the importer, the break in the basis at the river terminal was offset by the cost of the 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 shipping the grain down the river. So, and then you throw on top of that the dollar, the, the strength in the dollar offsetting weakness in basis as well. So importers you're you're exactly right i don't know when the day comes but i know the yeah. day is well, coming that they're going go to it. say dog on it we don't have enough coverage yeah we got to do something here um yeah. hold our nose and make the deal um just help me get my head around when harvested supplies new crop becomes available in south america how much time okay. do we have to wait them out Oh, we've there's a long time before the is new there crop time? supply re- yeah before the new crop Excellent. supply really starts to Excellent. come in. Uh, okay, you know the the bean harvest bean harvest in northern production areas of Brazil will start January, but there's not a real significant supply of new crop exportable beans until we really get to February. Okay, okay the end of February. That's mm-hmm. that's when. The new crop supplies will really ramp up. Corn, it'll be sometime in March. So yeah. Well, in the meantime, uh, Brian Basting kind of likes uh, selling the cash and buying calls. Yeah. Is that, yeah. That you you seemed to kind of hook into that idea. Well, yeah, and it's all about basis. If you've got good basis or even average basis, uh, you probably want to be looking at selling the cash and buying a call to maintain some flexibility. If basis stinks. In your area, then you are looking at just buying a a put option at these elevated price levels to capture to put a price floor in place and and then let basis recover and and make the cash sale. Mm-hmm. There's another market that might be deserving of that. Let's put a floor under underneath prices, and that is in live cattle. Whenever you're making contract highs, you should be thinking that eh, okay. The air is getting a little thin up here. We should maybe, maybe be looking at locking in or putting a price floor in, in this market. Um, makes a lot of sense. Uh, uh, the cash cattle market looks looks good, though. I mean, yeah, yeah, uh, kind of well, so like what Brian was saying. Market. But you're you don't want to paint guys. yourself into a corner, but right. you also want to take advantage. Right, you want to maintain the flexibility to capture higher prices later. One of the ways of doing that is with a price floor and a put option. Um, I'm not saying getting crazy and contracting everything. I'm saying, yeah, put stay conservative. Do something. 
yeah, and, do something. and construct that price floor under there. You know what? All what? of this is going to be a major topic of discussion in okay. 89 days, 9 hours, 2 minutes, and 58 seconds. 89.09, 2 minutes, and now 54 seconds. Uh, okay. That is when we will kick off the Top Producer Summit in Nashville, Tennessee. Whoa. The dates, January 23rd through the 25th, 2023. As I said, Nashville, you've got about a week, about a week left to take advantage of the early bird savings and to get signed up for the uh, for the summit. It's going to be. Did you say bird? <laughs> you said bird, right? right I did Was say that? early bird. That may be the early bird right there. That's uh, exactly good stuff. All right, thanks for listening. Tomorrow morning, we've got Jordan Fife Bio Urja talking energy market outlook.